recording. There we go. All right. Boom team, welcome back to the podcast. Episode 13. I'm here with my good friend, Chris Dennis. Uh, I've known Chris for a while now, and I'm actually super excited to do this. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. Um, we're going to talk about some issues in America nowadays. Uh, we're going to keep it sports related as well, if we can. I've known Chris for a couple of years now. We played football together, and I know Chris is big into basketball. I don't know if he still is. I haven't talked to talked to you in like, what, three years? Two years? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a little since, while. Uh, since class of 2018 graduated. So it's yeah, exactly. Exactly. How, how years? I'm good. You yeah? Know, um, I'm good. I'm down in Iowa. Uh, are, you, are you there right now? No, right now I'm back home in California visiting my family. They just got a new house. So mm. hanging out with the fam. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, Chris, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start right away. How did you like get into to sports? Like, what what was your like introduction? How did you grow up like that? Um, I think I was pretty much groomed to play sports. Really, my dad yeah. was a big athlete. So was my mom. They're both. What did they do? Tall. Um, my mom played volleyball, and then my dad played football. He played a little bit of basketball, but his real sport was football. Yeah. Um, and then lots of my other family members, they are good athletes in sports as well. One of my uncles played professionally. So it just it seemed like a good fit for me. And they just who did, started who did he play for? sports. Um, he played for an Italian team. I don't really remember the name, yeah. but it was a good old Italian team. Yeah, I have his jersey. It's not here, but it's at my apartment back in home. That's awesome. So what did you, did you like do AAU or like anything like that? What's the, what's the build there? Yeah, I jumped around. I played a little bit of rec ball at first. So community rec ball, you know, for the city. And then from there, I told my parents I wanted to play a little bit more, like a little bit more managed basketball. So they put me yeah. in AAU. I bounced around through like three different teams. Um, and then it was time for middle school. And in middle school, we were still figuring out if I was going to keep playing or if I was going to stick to something else. And that's when I started playing a little bit more football. And that's when we found out I was good at football. Um, and then at that time, I stopped playing basketball a little bit. And then once I graduated middle school from eighth grade, I moved on to Lincoln. Yeah, the homestead. Yeah, the good old <laughs> home state, the home team. And yep. that's when I started playing. I played both football and basketball. Um, what position do you play in basketball? Uh, I didn't I watch very often. I was a guard. Yeah. Well, I was supposed to be a guard, but you know, since I was tall for Maine, yeah, I play a big. So I played more of a forward slash center, so a combo forward. Yeah. Um, when I was really supposed to be playing a guard position, but it's okay. Yeah, Maine I never. Coaches. I can never like I, playing like rec or like even just like by myself with like friends. Like last year, um, I went to a different school, but uh, we would play like in our study halls and stuff in the gym and I, I could do well during that but I could never like actually play I was always I'd always get into like wrestling and stuff like that but uh, basketball is always fun I like to I like to keep up with it especially I can't sit down and watch an NBA game on TV all the time they just sometimes like it's just like I find it boring I don't know why sometimes but I do like the news and all that it's, it's solid stuff you're not so, wrong there I'm I don't no. like I don't like watching NBA basketball either it doesn't seem as competitive to me i like watching college ball more yeah it's a it's definitely like i just went to uh, my first celtics game uh, a couple months ago they, the, the environment is totally different it's crazy the the court like on tv they make it look enormous you know and then you, you go there and you know you got these guys who are like six seven foot and they make it look like a like a kid's court it's stupid but so where, where did you because you know i would you say that you love basketball you know i know you're um, big into it I don't know. You know, I recently retired, you know, about my ACL injury. So I yeah, recently retired yeah. from basketball about two, three years ago now. So yeah. I no longer play any sports. Yeah. Um, I'd say I love it. Yeah, I'd say I love the game, but it's more so like a love to watch it now, not so much as to play. Yeah, not, not, the, not the grind anymore, but more so like the game itself. Yeah, like I still love to be in shape and look big and look lean and all that stuff. But yeah. in terms of wanting to step out on the court and play, it's not really my, not really my scene anymore. Yeah. When you, were, uh, when you were growing up, did you have anybody that you like in particularly like idolized or watched or something like that? Kobe. 
Kobe will yeah. always be my biggest impress. Yeah, me, me as well. May he rest in peace. Um, Terrible. He really just he just started it off for me. Um, and I he's been in the league since I came into the world. So he came yeah. in in 1999, and I was born in 99. So that's really just been my biggest inspiration. Him and Kevin Durant and Kyrie. I they I look up to them. I love them. Their work ethic, their grind, really important. Yeah, I I can totally agree when it, when it came to to Kobe Bryant, I I loved the the like like the killer mentality, you know, like it's just like completely locked in. Um, yeah, that Mamba mentality is it's it's special. crazy, it's crazy. I, uh, I I think the the argument or that like goes on like who's the greatest ever. Personally, I like I think Kobe is, but my dad like grew up watching Michael and stuff like that, and you know LeBron now takes like over the NBA. But I, I also don't look at it as, like, their play style. It's almost like how they affected the game, you know? And yeah. I think, and I think my, my dad always says that Michael changed the game, which he did completely. You know, everybody emulates him nowadays. I mean, Kobe Bryant, you can put videos. I mean, even LeBron, you can put videos of all three of them doing the same move, like, step for step. It's crazy. But Co- Kobe's killer mentality, it just made it different. You know, there, there are definitely now players who can, like, like not carry teams, but like you see, like Trey Young doing it now, to where you just have like you he can do it himself, and it's just because he 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 trained he trained with Kobe, he watches him, he has he just has that like that headset or that headspace, and it's crazy. And I like that that would what it, that would be what I would say is like Michael changed the game, Kobe kind of gave that that mental aspect that's so important. And then, like, LeBron made it bigger than basketball. You know what I mean? Because with all this yeah. stuff going on recently, LeBron definitely, his effect, it, obviously he's a huge present on the court, but off the court he's done just way more. You know, I, his career will go far beyond basketball. And Most so, definitely. I, that's, that's the way I look at it. I don't really look at it as who's the best because they all have their just absolutely insane I'd moments. say they, they need to think of it as uh, eras, like, Exactly. Exactly. 200s era to the tens, and LeBron's gonna be the next era, and then he's probably gonna hand it to KD, and then KD's probably, gonna yeah. hand this to someone else if he can I stay healthy. That's the way to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He sh- he should be. He's looking good right now, so we are gonna find out. I was hoping for that that would that we see him come back after all this, but I, I you know that got shut down pretty quickly, like I mean, this year. This year, I don't think they should play. Yeah. No. Season. No. And it's it's sad because it, like these past couple of weeks you got that glimmer of hope like oh my god these you know places are starting back up, and then I just read the other day um, the MLB uh, it was the Philadelphia Phillies they just shut down their facility because like five of their players had the coronavirus, and then like another team in the MLB the Blue Jays shut down their facilities because one of their pitchers was like on a like a, a minor league team with some of the philly players who were sick so it's just like as soon as you were starting to build it back up it's like oh all these players have the coronavirus like zeke had the coronavirus the other day like even college ball too like clemson has 30 football players who've got covid right now. yeah it's nuts i it's 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 so sad too because it's like you know felt like we were getting back into it but i don't know if they're even going to start back up but you know players like patrick beverly like don't care you know they i I read the other day he was just like, you know, if LeBron says we're playing, we're playing, you know? It's, exactly. That, that's another thing for me is that he's such a leader for everybody, not just his yeah. team. Like, the whole the whole group of basketball, he's just – he's right on top of it. Um, so, I, also, I just wanted to ask you another question while we're talking about, like, changing sports. Um, in all sports that you have been able to kind of comprehend, um, who do you think changed sports the most? Like, who do you think out of, like, you know, football, basketball, whatever, baseball, if you watch it at all, you know, who do you think had the biggest impact on uh, on their sport? Um, For football, i got to say Kaepernick. He's definitely yeah. made the NFL think about some things, change some policies, and just make everyone aware of what's going on, especially in the racial aspect, but only, yeah. not only into everyone, how much they're making money and all that stuff. He's definitely helped make them notice some things exactly Um, basketball um it's hard to determine because you know kobe had some ways in the game where he changed people's mental aspects yeah lebron's helped everybody see a bigger picture in terms of like knowing their worth and knowing how they can help the community and the world as a whole 
as yeah. individuals themselves. So I say that's a two-part role there. Um, in terms of like, like other sports, FIFA, uh, soccer, I'd say that's a Messi and a um, Ronaldo thing. Yeah, they're, they're like um, yin and yang. Like that's yeah, that's a that's but, a forever dance right there. Yeah. Um, baseball, I'm not a big baseball fan. Nah. Uh, sadly, I just can't sit to watch it. Yeah. It takes so long. It does, dude. We we were watching the the World Series. I think it was last year, and there was one game that took like five hours. I was yeah, like, I can't, I heard that I can't was do the this. Longest game ever recorded, wasn't it's it? So, yeah, something like that. There there are some games that have just reached insane insane timestamps. Um, what else? Soccer, women's soccer is big, big. That's a big stage. It's on the rise. It's on the um, rise. Um, for some reason, I can't recall her name, but. She was really big in helping change like, a lot of things in women's soccer. Um, uh, is it Megan Rapine? Like, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's like that's there's like four it. or five players on the U.S. women's yeah. team right now. That's you know, know they're just super idols. Really inspirational, and they're really helping put the women women on the map, as well yeah. as women's basketball. Sue Bird, um, she's really big on basketball, and she's really helped them come a long way. And the women's basketball, they're they're great. They're yeah, they're getting a lot better even for sure. Better than we are, like as men, they're way more athletic and they're phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and Kobe made that a big deal as well. Like he's really helped try to put women's basketball back on the map because that's exactly something that everyone should be looking at. It that um, that story is so heartbreaking too because I remember seeing um some some of the WNBA players they're talking about uh, Gina Bryant and how you know they they were already scouting her as she was young like they were ma- watching her now. Just because obviously you know she's Kobe Bryant's daughter, she's gonna have something there, especially yeah. if she pl- she plays. But you know they were just saying that they were watching her, and she's already better than some players in the WNBA. Which, you know, if you if people are cracking jokes, you know they'll say, oh, that's not hard to be better than WNBA players. But you know they're they're you know they work just as hard as anybody, mm-hmm. if not Literally. harder. You know they have all the all the the natural issues that they have to deal with you know with pregnancy and all that stuff that they have to work around you know male athletes don't really have to work around that so you know it makes it that much more commendable you know mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to, to take you back to to Colin Kaepernick so uh reaching recently I think it was this past week uh, Roger Goodell the commissioner of the NFL he uh he urged football teams to sign Colin Kaepernick um and the, the question that I came up with is I I have no issue with Colin Kaepernick's stance. You know, I'm all for it. And I, I just want to say that now before anybody takes my question the wrong way. Um, but should teams, be, like, do you personally think that teams should sign Colin Kaepernick based off of his play or the impact that he's had on the game itself, like, outside with the with the BLM movement? Or should they maybe, you know, try and keep it more football-based inside of it? Because obviously the NFL is... Um, majority of african-american players you know this just that's how it is you know and it would be a huge impact but should teams you know make his his value based off of his play or you know what he brings to the table outside of the game the way i see this situation with colin kaepernick right now i feel like roger goodell's looking at this as a political statement he's not Mm -hmm. really like Everyone knows how talented he is. Everyone knows how talented Colin Kaepernick is, the presence he can put on a field, the way he can command a team. I think the the big question would be after all this time is can he still do that? Yeah. You know, play one. That's something they – that's what they should be thinking about. But instead, they're they're trying to apologize to basically African-Americans. They're trying to apologize to my people because – of everything we're going through right now. So that's why they're trying to make sure Colin Kaepernick gets put on a team before the NFL season starts. Because if any of this, if nothing about Black Lives is going on right now, no one would care. Yeah. Literally, we haven't heard anything about Colin Kaepernick since he had, um, did his, uh, what, what, was it a field day? I don't know how we, uh, yeah, it was like, it was just like a workout. Yeah. His workout, since he had his workout, no one said anything. And then yeah. once Black Lives Matter started hitting back up again and everyone knows he's always speaking on this and always trying yeah. to talk about this stuff, then they're like, yeah, he needs to be signed. But it it is. That, that's kind of shitty, too, you know? 
Like, yeah. you know, he, he gets his workout, nobody's surprised. And I remember even some teams, and I think I personally, I might have even said it myself, is, you know, when you when you have somebody who can be so controversial, whether or not it should be controversial, you know, whether or not the issue should be controversial and somebody should have an opposing statement, which personally right now, I don't really think so, um, unless you're talking about soup, something super specific. But we'll, we'll get into that. Um, you know, I've even said it myself is, you know, you don't want to have that kind of drama around your team. But now it's kind of like, you know, why why would you say that? Like, I've kind of beat myself up the past couple of weeks when Colin Kaepernick did have his his workout. I was like, OK, you know, that's whatever. You know, I couldn't really judge it. I'm not a scout. So I wasn't looking at his like his you know, heel toe placement. You know what I mean? I'm not looking at all of that. Yeah, but it, it, it is. I think neither one of us played quarterback. In exactly. Time. We're we're not we're not <laughs> like looking for that shit. That. Um, but no, it's you know those teams at the time. You know, if you sign somebody like Colin Kaepernick who made such waves in the world and in the sports world, you know, how does that affect your team? How does that affect your you know your revenue? How many more? How many fans do you lose? How much money do you lose for the people who oppose him? You know what I mean? But now, you know, looking back at that, it's like that shouldn't matter. You know, can the guy mm-hmm. play? That's the question. Can he play still? Because yeah. when, like, when he could play, when he was playing the Super Bowl against the Ravens, like th- those seasons, he was in- incredible. Absolutely. He was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. Or maybe absolutely. maybe a little bit. He was like, he's like a dumbed down Michael Vick. You know what I mean? But the guy has a crazy, he had a crazy arm. He had, he had, uh, he had the feet on him. And like I said, whether or not he has it now, um, that's the big question. But, you know, I do. I definitely beat myself up over thinking that, you know, just like, oh, you know, you don't need that that uh, controversial issue over it. It's it's ridiculous. And that's the thing. Like, he's ready. He's he's a football yeah. player. He's bred for it. That's what he's always going to be. But people are so worried about the fact that he's black. Like, yeah. no one recognizes that we are black no matter what happens. We wear, mm. we literally look the same every single day. Nothing yeah. ever came about that until the issue that came about at that time that made him take this stance. Yeah. And most people also fail to realize that the majority of our sports are dominated by black people. Yeah, by black so athletes, yeah. I don't know why it's such a big deal that because a black man is kneeling for injustice going on in this world, that mm-hmm. they're making that such a big issue to sign him. Like, are you trying to make money and win games? Or are you trying to be a racist or block injustice or fight? Exactly. Are you trying you know, the being and it's it's you know, in many situations of life, I still have a long life to live after this, hopefully. But, you know, it many situations you're I feel like you're gonna find yourself kind of morally checking yourself. You know, you know, is this the right thing to do? Um, because I'm thinking about like my business or my team more? Or am I or is this the right thing to do because it's what should be done, you know? Should he should Colin Kaepernick have been signed a while ago? Probably. You know, for for the for the the symbolism there. But you know, some people just tend to, to worry about their businesses a lot more. Um and I, I almost felt bad writing down that question because it it is a question that, you know, you know, as a as somebody who runs like a sports podcast that, you know, I think it should be asked, you know, is it fair for, you know, somebody to have better maybe some a quarterback from a school who has more skill than Colin Ta- Colin Kaepernick loses out on a spot because of his impact off the field. You know, but it's just whether or not I feel that question should be asked. I, um, you know, it's I almost feel like a like a duty to. Don't because um, that's <laughs> that's something that's important though. Because it's like it is. No matter what, what does every in every sport we've played, what have we had to do? We've had to fight to earn the right to play our position. Exactly. I had to fight to earn the right to start on varsity. You had to fight to earn the right to start on the line on varsity. All exactly. of us had to fight. Just like they do in the NBA, just like they do in the NFL. If he gets signed to this, a team, does that mean he's going to play? No, no. But if he proves know. that he's ready and he has the arm, because we all know he's in shape, yeah, then yeah. he's going to play. You're signing him because you want him to play. You're not signing him because you're trying to fight injustice or anything, because they yeah. really don't care. The mm-hmm. majority of the NFL is dominated by black owners. White yeah. owners. My bad. Sorry. So... <laughs> There's no reason why they're trying to make it a big statement or a big deal because they're only trying to do it for the headlines that are going on in the world right now. Yeah. Because if he should already be signed, in all honesty. Like, I mean, I don't play football as much as I used to, but if I see a quarterback that can throw and he can give me the ball, 
<laughs> good enough. He's good enough. Exactly. <laughs> if we were talking about Trevor right now and Trevor was in this situation, I'd say <laughs> sign Trevor. That boy sign <laughs> He will put the ball in my hands and I will score for you. So you need a commander. You're not looking for a symbol right now because yeah, they exactly. really don't care. You know, they, they, it's almost like they're just worried to walk the line and they shouldn't Exactly. Be. Like, no matter what, we're fighting injustice every day, whether you yeah. guys help us or not. So yeah. if you're trying to win games and you're trying to get to the Super Bowl, then sign the tools and pieces that you need to get you there. Yeah. Otherwise, stop trying to make it a big deal because you're only making this a big deal because of everything going on and because he's black. Yeah. Um. So just to kind of wrap wrap up our, uh, our our sports talk before we get into the things that you know might be considered difficult nowadays, but I I think you and I, Chris, just knowing each other as well as it is, I don't think it'll be that difficult. Um. It just might be a, a listener who might have a different opinion, but that really it doesn't matter. Um. Because they're they're not here and you and I are. Um. Yeah, but for your your sports experiences, what would you say you have like the what what would be some memorable things for you? And like why why do you think you enjoyed them so much? Like what what did they give you morally or ethically that you know made you appreciate them? Um, I think uh, my biggest me- memories and experiences came from high school. Um, yeah. I remember I don't remember my middle school or grade school days that much because. Those were those were good championships, but you know those were celebrated with like a bunch of other little kids who yeah exactly didn't really know much on what they were doing until I got to middle school. Yeah. But I'd say high school is the most memorial. You know, it's it was being black in a state that's majority white, and yeah, your pronounced. whole team is white, and <laughs> you're like one of two black kids on the team, but you're also really good and you're starting and you're playing with a bunch of other big dudes. That was probably the most memorial thing to me because it felt like everyone in Maine that saw black people, they didn't play football. We were always playing basketball. So when I was on the field with you guys and we were scoring touchdowns, playing, that was always a good time. And that was something that was always going to be the most memorable to me, especially winning those championships, you know, and fighting through all the hardships we faced with those difficult winters and fighting against the racist people who are messing with me, picking on me. What what, what do you mean? What are you, what are you talking about? You guys, you didn't know that? No, I have no idea. This is completely new to me. Yeah, we've had a couple games where people were saying stuff to me on the sidelines or even in the game. Really? Yeah, we've had a lot of... Holy cow. Like those. Yeah, Dylan... Um, Dylan would always be there to back me up. Um, Trevor was always there to back me up when those incidents happened. Um, I think at the time you were just a little yeah, younger, so you yeah, I, I didn't as much play time yeah, as you. You didn't you didn't have. play with me because when when you left, I I moved to to just linebacker. But um, when when we played, I was just I was just lineman and a little bit of defense. I didn't I didn't yeah. play those sides, but because you, you and I were never really on the field together, but. I didn't know that. I could. I couldn't fuck with that now, dude. I really couldn't. I hate that shit. I hate when people like even now like shit talk each other in game. I understand it's part of the game, you know. But when you mm-hmm. when you when you stoop so low, you know, it's just like get, get the fuck out of here. You know, you yeah. go. You're just you're wasting yourself. It's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And it was it was it was a good learning experience for me though, because you know it, it made me see like who my true friends were and. What mm-hmm. it means like to have a family and a brotherhood, and that's always going to mean something to me. And then you know, I learned a lot playing basketball for Lincoln too, because that was a basketball. Lincoln's a, basically a big political ordeal on oh its my own. God. So ridiculous. <laughs> that oh was God. something. So that that probably taught me a lot getting ready to be prepared to play college ball. But did did you have did you have the same experience on the basketball court as you did on the football field? Like you know maybe like a like a racial slur or something thrown at you every now and then um if i did i probably didn't hear it or i didn't mind it at that point because i had gotten used to playing hearing it seeing it every other day but i want i want you to just take a second and and like think about what you just said and how how terrible that is you know the fact the fact that it's almost normal you know people get so get so heated you know you kind of throw you know your your morals out the window it's you're and you're playing in one of the most rural states there is like most people in in america think it's where we're canada and you're you're just you're just 
it's terrible. Oh my god, I can't even believe that. I like mean, I, it wasn't... I figured you would say something like that, but it's still just it's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, and it's just the crazy part was though is like some of these people we had at our school, you know, and to be me who was seen as a big leader for our school in terms of technology and on the sports field and everything. It just, that was always something that just was really different for me because most people looked up to me and most people, I played an important role, making sure like even every Friday, everyone knew if something was broken, who was coming to fix it? (laughs) Me. So it's like, they always, there was always that, but you know, like even in some hallways or walking down one way, there's always somebody who didn't see me as equal because of the color of my skin. Yeah. And I was going to, I was going to ask you about that specifically. You were, you were one of a few, uh, what do you like? I know there are some people who have like a preference. Do you prefer like African-American black, like colored, like what, it, what do you prefer personally? Or do you not um, care? I, I honestly don't care. You know, yeah, they all okay. mean the same thing. It's just exactly. the way you say it and, and the term exactly. you say it. There, there are um, some people who are just like, you know, I like I hate, you know, the term, you know, colored, hit, terrible. Or I hate, you know, the term black. So I just I, I would like to uh, um, draw the line there just to make sure. But um, be, being one of the, the few, you know, black kids in our school, because, you know, we, we, it was it is a predominantly white area. I don't think that would make it a racist area because that's some some people, you know, just find that to, you know, fall under the category. You know, if there's not a if there's not a big ethical community, you know, then you're racist. That's just not how it works. You know, there are just people who are so um, numb to that fact. But being one of the, the few black kids in our in our area and in our school, did you feel like different? Like, was there anything that happened to you that made you feel like, you know, you were an outsider maybe because of your skin color, the fact that you weren't originally from the town, like the town that we were in? Um, I've never felt like that until this one time. And I'll tell you why here in a second. If you can do your, if you can do your best to, if like, if you're going to talk about a person that we both might know, um, maybe just use a, like a first name or not reference the person. Oh, at all. I'm not even going to reference her name. Okay. So okay. Okay. <laughs> This was this was a different story, but it's at Lincoln. I felt like I was in control, you know. I, because everyone saw me as a big leader there, and I had so much power in certain realms that I didn't feel like I really didn't belong. Because like everyone the tech center and stuff like that. Yeah, like everyone made me feel like I belonged. Like if something was a problem or they needed help with something, they always came to me. Whether it was me working with Crosby or Mr. Stevenson for res life or just Mm -hmm. for campus in general everyone saw me as this kid's smart he can help us solve things so if they they trusted you you know they knew they they trusted me and i had that trust like i had i was able to do whatever i wanted as long as i'm being reasonable and i'm using my brain i was fine um the only time i didn't feel at home there was you remember the time i first tore my acl and i was still i don't think you were there that year actually that was, was, it, was it your that freshman? was my yeah that was my freshman year yeah no, I wasn't there my yet. freshman year there I had the first time I tore my ACL I had um went back to um the dorm I was living in at the time so before you got there before you saw me living in that big really nice dorm we mm-hmm. actually lived in houses and there was a house right on the corner of the road yeah right across Four the Hill street Press right? road yeah right yeah across from the um cafeteria and. I was walking across the street one night on crutches, getting ready to go to dinner, and I got stopped by a cop. Really? The cop was following me and asking me questions because someone had did a robbery, a burg, robbed someone or stole something in our area for some reason, and apparently that person was black. And I got stopped and was being asked a bunch of questions, and I just was scared. I was all yeah. alone. I was by myself. I'm on crutches. Like I'm Yeah, you had no way. Like You had just your words. Me. That was it. Exactly. And that was the only time I felt I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like I belonged. And then yeah. after I talked to Mr. Stevenson and Mr. Marks, who was one of our coaches, who was my dorm parent at the time, yeah. I they reassured me. And that's when I finally felt a little bit better. That's when after my freshman year, that's when I gained the most confidence, and I felt yeah. a lot better about myself and being there at the time. Yeah. So that would have been the only time I didn't feel like I belonged. Um, other than that, I've always felt like I belonged and I mattered because, I mean, 
they gave me a scholarship to go there. So exactly, <laughs> that, that does make me feel better that sports you sports teams. It, it's it's like the, what I'm about to say is kind of weird, but um, it does make me feel better though that you know the when that you said the person who did the robbery was black because if he had just stopped you just for like being there and just being black, that'd be so that'd be so fucked, you know. But, yeah. You know, I mean, you're on crutches, man. Like, you know, you're not gonna rob somebody on crutches more than like most likely. And then just like get away, and, and know, not it's ha- snowing like exactly. There's, there's nothing. There's no chance. I'm trying to get across the street. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um. So Chris, from from what I've gathered, you've done a lot of a lot of traveling for as young as you're. Being, how old are you? You're 22, 21. I'm 20. 20 you're 20 years in old. September. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy, isn't it? Like I remember just being like 16, 17 years old, and you know, five, four or five years later, you know, we're turning 20, 21. It's crazy. You're still a baby. I, I know I'm only 19, <laughs> but, um, did you, I don't, yeah. So you've done a lot of traveling, like in your life, you would say. Yeah. I've been because all you were in Maryland for a while, weren't you? Yep. Morgan yeah. State University. Where, where, like, could you just give a, like a quick rundown of the places that you've traveled in your, your 20 years? Um, I've been to every state in the U S. Um, really? Yes. That's every amazing. Single state. Every single state in the U.S. Um, I've also took some trips abroad. Um, I've been to a couple states in Paris. Um, Ooh, that uh, must have been... I've always wanted to go to Paris. And some other places, which are far. I've been to so many places, it's hard to remember. <laughs> um, my biggest accomplishment, though, is that I've been to every state in the U.S. Yeah, Not I don't think a lot of people can say my that. my age are able to say that they've been to every state in the U.S. And why why like, is it? Why did you get to do that? Did you, like, was there, like, a trip that you went on, or did you just, you know, my find father. yourself? My father. What, what is? A, he, he works in higher education, so, you know, that means a new job every two years sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. that may mean we're moving to a new state, or we'll be visiting a new state for an interview, or we're just driving through that state, so we're going to spend some time there. And mm-hmm. that's just allowed me to travel and visit pretty much everywhere. Um, I also lived in Minnesota. Um, I lived in Maryland, of course. I lived in Maine, lived in New York, lived in California. So that was also really helpful. And then I've been to just travel to Indiana and Washington, all the states, because we either drove through them and we made it a trip and decided to stay there and look at it for a little bit. Or it was just one of those things. So that was probably... And not many people my age are able to say they've even done that, yeah, exactly. which is like a really big accomplishment to me. And that's always something I'm grateful for, because being black, most people think we can't accomplish things. And yeah. being able to accomplish things like that and do things and be exposed to things is really a big deal. Would you um, would you say that, you know, being able to travel as much as you you have um, would you say that you've been able to have a be like have the ability that maybe some people don't have is, you know, like situations like we're in now, um, have you been able to kind of take a step back and maybe be able to see and kind of understand more other, like more thought processes, you know what I mean? Cause the more, the more you travel and the more you experience, the more you're able to understand yeah. certain the things. The more culture you're able to understand exactly. the way you can see things operate, even if it's a different city where everyone may speak multiple languages is always Mm. helpful even me being in maine i was exposed to so much that it allowed me to go visit my friends china dubai yeah the residential program was probably Um, you know super helpful so that was always that's always something you can't take for granted because even Mm -hmm. if you're just working with someone who speaks a different language you're able to see the way they operate and handle situations in their own right and that's always something you're able to take from that and learn from and put it into your own situation that you've got going on. And yeah, some of these kids, they're they're like just the way, just from where they're from. Like even if they, um, even if they didn't come up from much, or you know the the countries that they've been that they're from may not be you know not third world, but they might be you know not as opportun not as much opportunity as the United States. You know you get you get a, a real sense of like of drive like there was this kid do you did you ever meet william he was from uh vietnam yeah yes yeah he um that that kid he he was you know if i ever needed like motivation throughout the day or something you know that kid was always doing something 
always doing something you know like when you're in high school and when you're you're young you kind of you, there's sometimes you know you just kind of like want to sit back and relax you know but William was always doing something if it was studying or if it was going to soccer practice or something the kid was always on top of it and he sure. never missed anything and that that's something that you know every now and then I do kind of call back upon like if I'm just chilling I'm kind of like you know I should be playing another thing for my podcast I should be you know, going out for a run. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Because I know that there's somebody like William out there who's doing the exact same thing, you know, and why, like, why couldn't I? That's something that I really, I picked up from high school that I really appreciate. And I didn't always like, you know, there, I have my, my, my issues with the high schools that I've gone to, but I did, I do appreciate them for their different reasons. And um, being able to experience residential programs, I never would have met you if it wasn't for that residential program. But, you know, they're just, they're the people that you meet and the kids that I have been able to make friendships with um, all over the world um, is something I'll never take for granted. It's uh, it's really being, because I've, I've only traveled to Vermont and North Carolina um, in the U.S. I haven't gone to many other states. I just never had the opportunity. But I really, I take that uh, that experience with the other people and I really cherish that because I, I didn't get it. But it's it's definitely something that, that uh that it that was very special um so chris you know we we talked about it a little bit earlier um like in in our areas um in our town with you know being stopped by that cop and whatnot but growing growing up in america and like i said doing all this traveling did you you know face any like oppression or like any injustices personally whether it was you or your family that you may have witnessed or heard about um i haven't faced any other impressions besides my times in Maine um and the time we went back for graduation um Mm -hmm. other than that I do have family who's been oppressed and bothered and harassed by um the justice system that we have in this world but it's not something I'm able to remember too much because it was back when I was younger yeah um but it does happen it happens all the time um, we're always facing it, no matter what people think, because people are always judging us, even if they know nothing about us. Um, so it's always something that's difficult to hit on and even think about, because I just I try to just do what I'm best at, which is taking over. I'm good at taking control. I'm good at being a leader. I'm good at solving problems. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not thinking about everything else going on, then I'm able to do what I do best. And that's yeah. probably why I was able to excel so well at Lincoln. Cause like William, I was just in everything. If yeah, I exactly. It's, everything, it's the best way is to just kind of put your hands in everything that you can just to kind of keep yourself, especially for exactly. kids who struggle, even, even if they're, they're not, uh, if they're not black, you know, they, and they just have a bad home life. It's like, well, join this or do that sport or, you know, do something it's, it'll get you, something off your it'll get your mind off of that you know and it's it's too bad because the situation that, that i brought up with you know uh, racial injustices and oppression you know the sad part is you know that that is a, a way to get away from that but it's not like like somebody having a bad home life i would say you know where you can eventually build something of your of your own and you know maybe move past that um it's something that affects an entire group of, of people you know whether, you know, because obviously we're all equal, but it, it, it definitely affects somebody who has a difference in a way. And it's, it's really it's terrible because, you know, you can you can do do your best to, you know, take your mind off of things for so long before you find you eventually do have to face it. It's you know, it's it's really it's too bad. Um, I, I wanted I wanted to ask you um, are in like I said before, um you know, this does not reflect how, how I think at all. It's just a question that I think is a, is a good talking point. Um, the way that, you know, things have been taken care of, um, obviously protesting and peaceful protesting is something that I don't think anybody has any issue with. I think they definitely can get out of hand, um, especially the police officers. You know, some people overreact or some people just shouldn't plain and simple not be in the uniform. There are some people who are just not stable enough to do that. Um, and they might be the people who pepper spray peaceful protesters. But when we go to the nighttime perspective and we get to the rioting and the looting and the burning down of buildings and, you know, people who, you know, might not have insured businesses or, um, you know, they have just started or they've spent years of their life building up these businesses and these buildings and it gets torn down by somebody who might not even care about the movement. 
you know, the, the hard, the hard pill to swallow, I think for some people is that there are people who are out there doing these horrible acts um, and they don't care. They don't care. They, they want to go in whether, whether they're, they're black or white or whatever, you know, some people just want to see anarchy, you know, and I want to, I wanted to ask you, you know, I've, I've seen on some social medias that, you know, people say rioting and looting um, is a form of protest um, and that it's a, it's a way for people to get their anger out. And I can understand if you are somebody who is extremely angry and you want to break something, but, you know, burning down somebody innocence building or having to profile it as black owned or white owned, um, you know, is that okay? Is it okay for somebody to just go and, you know, be completely destructive um, if they can't really, you know, just go peacefully protest, if they feel like they need to burn something down, you know, is that, is that okay for people to do in your opinion? Um, it's, it's never okay. No, it's not okay. The reason, so the reason people are doing that though, is because no one's listening. Mm -hmm. These protests have always been peaceful, but it's exactly the fact that the president, he's not my president, but the president decides to send in the military to send in a bunch of cops in riot gear to defuse a peaceful march is the reason why they're doing that because people are mad because Mm -hmm. the media only displays what the media wants to display they display what the president wants to see and what the president makes it out to be would you believe that for all media sources even um, the ones that might oppose I don't believe that for all media sources, but mm-hmm. the reason we have media anyway is because they want to be, they're supposed, what media is supposed to do is show what's not seen. Yeah. So to show the real picture and the bigger picture in things, yeah. but that's not what has been happening. And throughout mm-hmm. history, that's never been what's happened. Like, even if you look at riots a long time ago, they only showed the destruction they only showed the blood, the tears of other people. They've never actually showed the people out there working hard to actually try and defuse the situation. They've mm-hmm. never shown a black man speaking in front of a library wearing a suit on a powerful topic. They exactly. don't show those things. They only show the destructive things because, because it'll take away their drama. ratings eventually. Exactly. exactly. They need drama. They need people to come and ro- watch and feed into the rage so that people are mad because other people are being hurt on. It's almost like reality TV, you know? If you can get those can get those people swinging at each other, guy, those those ratings will go they'll shoot straight up. It's terrible. How bad exactly. how bad things can get manipulated. And that's the reason why everyone's doing it. I mean, not everyone. Some people mm-hmm. just want to do it because they want to break something in. Yeah, dude, I I saw a video so focused on other Oh my people. god, there, there was that's this guy why. There was this guy who was filming himself, and he was running in a in a riot and trying to loot stuff. He goes, and it, it was this was a black guy, and this is obviously is not all black people. Never to generalize like that, but this guy, he's sitting there, he's running. He's like, I don't even give a fuck about BLM. I just want a brand new TV, and he's running into like fucking Best Buy or something. You know, th- th- those people, it's just like you're not helping. You're not helping exactly, at all. and that's like that's like someone who's in the heat of the moment. Like, oh my gosh, I really do need stuff right now. Although yeah. we're being hurt on and we're being oppressed and we got racial injustice and prejudice, I only care about myself. Yeah, so that's 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 his stance. That's his stance on the entire movement. That's his whole stance on this situation. And probably now, because he was put on the media and he put out that video, now he's taking the time to actually take a look at actually what's happening yeah. and see how he can make a difference. Because we do have, and I will be honest, there are black people who care nothing about how other people are racist towards us. But do you um, feel like that's, that's conditioned? Do you feel like that's uh, conditioned that, you know, after so long, they've just kind of said, okay, you know, whatever, this is just, this is our life. Um, I do feel like it may be that way. There may be other cases in that too. Cause you know, racism isn't something you're born into. It's something. No, that's God, taught. no. Oh my God. It's literally no. something that's taught. So because people are taught to be racist towards us and like, you see that color of that person's skin? We don't like them. Spit yeah. on them, yada, 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 all this and that. Like, it's something that's taught. It's something that's conditioned. Like It's if so, it's so born, like, Neanderthal. I hate, exactly. I hate thinking about it. It's just, like, it's so, like, you know, it's so, like, 200 years ago, 400 years exactly. ago. Exactly. You know? Most definitely. And it's, like, the sad part is, though, like, 
we've helped like black people built most of the United States. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst part about it. Everyone thinks like we're so bad. We're disgusting people. Like we're just terrible. Like I'm not saying this to sound rude in any way, but our bodies, everything about us is genetically different than everyone. Like we're able to do some things that most people cannot do. Like I'm able to run so fast and do what I'm able to do because the way my skull is built, I can handle more air. Mm -hmm. Like, that's something that's just genetically proven. So the fact that most people have a problem with us, like, should be completely false. Because we were made to be this way. I, I don't even understand, you know, like, I, I don't understand, you know, like, what the, the problem could be. You know, somebody who is who is brought, brought up, um, like, by, say, say, you know, their their ancestors, you know, owned slaves and they've kind of brought up and there's been this like racist, you know, kind of lingering in the background, you know, and that's just kind of how they've been brought up. And, you know, you never you can never ask those people like, well, why? You know, like, why why do you feel that way? And it's always, you know, I, I saw this video um, and this guy, he was at, he was at a protest um, and he was carrying the Confederate flag, um, whatever the, the stance is. And the, there was this, this black man, and he asked him, he said, you know, why are you carrying that flag? And he said, you know, this is my heritage, you know, like my ancestors fought to, uh, to, to save their farm. And, you know, the guy was just kind of, he, he looked at him and he goes, well, who was working that? You know, it's just, you know, you kind of have to sit there and ask him and be like, you know, why do you feel the way you feel? You know, like what, exactly. what, 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 what so bad has happened to you? you like, know? I understand where you're coming from, but is that you? Or is that them? Like, yeah. Uh, do you want to be that type of person, or do you want to be better than they were? Exactly. Like, that's always something that people have to think about. Like, that's why we discipline our children and our siblings. Like, is that the way you want to be? Do you want to be a liar, or would you rather be someone who tells the truth so that you're not in trouble all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, if we just thought about situations like that and stopped trying to think people are disgusting, think people are rude we wouldn't have these racial issues. Like, mm -hmm. we understand. We went through slavery. We know what, we know what it is. Well, would no you say, would you say, because, you know, just to, just to get technical, because I know there will be people who will, who will get technical. Um, when you say, when you say, you know, we understand or we went through slavery, would you say that that's a, that's a poor choice of words as we? Because there, there have not been people um, now who have gone through, but, you know, being able that, to, that, being able to remember. That, yes. That yeah. type of wording wasn't the correct wording I should have used, but I mean it as in a way of, we know our history. Yeah, I exactly. I, I just, I wanted to correct. I don't want you to yeah. like say something that I, might be misunderstood. I know my history. I know what happened and I know because I've been taught it and I've seen it and I can understand what mm -hmm. it's been like for my ancestors and maybe even people in my family have been through this. I wouldn't know that because I don't look that far into my family tree, but yeah. I know and I understand it because I know my culture. No Do one you, else um... knows our culture because they don't take the time to actually look at it and listen to it and learn it. Because mm -hmm. for one, it's not even taught in our schools anymore. Do you what, not what would you that at Lincoln? We never celebrated Black History Month. Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't. I don't know how many. I don't know how many schools in America do that. You know, exactly. And that that like, that might be the problem. You know, but you know, because you know that's a that's a national thing. I mean, there are also you know whether you know whether or not anybody thinks that that should be celebrated. You know, personally, I do. I think we should take those kind of things into account, like Pride Month and all that stuff. We um, celebrate Columbus Day. Exactly. You know, that's what I mean. It, and we now it's cha it's changed into day. it's changed into diversity day. It's like, well, who? What's the difference? You know, exactly. you, you just renamed it. That's all you did. Um, when would you say that? You know, now, um, just from you know being like what you've seen on uh, social media or you know on the news and whatnot, would you say that you know, even though we do have these issues, um, that we have as a society, we have been able to uh, progress more. Um, and that we have been able to do better. We are maybe moving in a better direction because, you know, personally, me, 
um, you might feel differently. You know, somebody listening might feel differently. Um, but growing up in the area that I grew up in, um, I feel like, you know, the it's almost unpopular. I would say, I don't know how else to describe it to um, do ne- denounce somebody because of their skin color. You know, d- I don't think, you know, nowadays, and I might not see it, you know, like I said, I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to grow up in an area to where it is not, um, you know, a popular thing, I think, to, you know, be racist. Like, I don't think anybody finds that popular, but it's not, it's not a, a thing that's normal um, in my situation but do you think that you know as a society we've been able to become more accepting obviously we have our issues that we deal with but do you think that we've been able to grow and progress and that we might be headed into a better direction for um, a society that is more inclusive um no no and the reason i say this is because racism doesn't have to be by the act of words yeah racism can be the way someone looks at you it can be the way they approach you. It can be the way they clinch and hold themselves back walking beside you. It yep. can be in all types of ways. Until I see none of that, until I'm able to walk into a store and then the security not be alerted by me, um, is a time when I'll believe our society has moved into a better direction. And especially with the way all of our forms of government are run now, until that is all addressed, I see there's no way we're going to be able to. We can all try and do better. Like, I mean, I hope everyone is doing better in the face of everything they're seeing now and seeing how all this stuff is finally coming to light. You know, it's been in our faces for the longest time. I hope people are going to do better and are focusing on doing better. But it's not something that's just going to happen overnight. It's not something that's going to happen in a decade. It's going to take... 400 years before anything like this is fixed because it's an everyday thing it's an everyday lifestyle for some people you our president the president does it every day regardless of what culture or background he's speaking on so it's not something that's just going to go away now the 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 uh the example that you brought up um talking about like walking into a store um, and, you know, maybe being alerted be- because of, you know, of your skin color or whatnot. Um, even so say, say the, like the officer might be of the same skin color and they might be alerted at the same way. Do you feel like that would be conditioned because of, of crime, like of, you know, maybe cr- crime, you know, and other situations like that? I, I don't know the statistics or anything like that, but, you know, um, the, the stigma I will say I don't want to I don't want to try and sound like rude or you know generalized the but the, the like the stigma you know if you have like a criminal is it can be white or black or anything you know does 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 it apply to everybody or maybe is it just because of your skin color because you know there can be some criminals who might be predominantly black in one area but then there could be predominantly white in another area you know like is it just because of your skin color or is it maybe because of somebody else who committed a crime of the same skin color um, it's, it's, you can take that and put it in different facets because yeah, yeah, of course, of course. in most areas, it's going to be because someone of color committed a crime in that area, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean a white person is going to be treated the exact same way. Mm-hmm. You may attack a black person and be very aggressive on them, but you'll be very soft on someone who isn't black. Like we've seen that with the, these shooters that we've had recently. Like yeah. they were treated so much differently as opposed to the way black people are treated with guns or doing anything like that. So it's always on the facet that they just automatically think we're violent. They automatically think we're going to retaliate because they automatically are on the defensive at all times. Well, like, you... and that's, and that's not something that like there, I have, I know black cops. My uncle's a detective in New York. Mm-hmm. So, I know cops that are black, but there are a way where like, say for example, well, this isn't even an example. Cause this is real. There are some cops, like there's a whole, um, there's a whole, what is it? It's like an hour show of retired cops from New York and different boroughs. And they talked on NBC or something like that about some things they had to do and were conditioned to do to meet yeah. quotas and everything. 
And some cops, like, they can be a black cop on the force, but if their entire unit is mostly white, they will be conditioned to be rude and mean to their own kind just to make sure they fit in. Just to make sure nothing happens to them. Like, this happens all over the place because they will be counted out. People won't care for them, all types of things. And it's even happened in our own sports teams and race. Like, if you watch, um, oh, man, this is one of my favorite basketball movies, too. Uh, oh, man, I'm going to have to come back to that. Are you drawing a blank? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. But it's one of my favorite. Ba- uh, Glory Road. If uh-huh. you watch Glory Road, there's I a don't, team I don't that they face. Um, it's a great movie. It's about um, it's a really, really, really great movie. Like that's one of the best movies there is. Um, and that's a, it's a really strong story because it's based on a true story. It's about the 1966 University Division Basketball Championships. Oh boy. Um, and it's about Don Haskins. Uh, and it's Texas Western College. Um, that's a predominantly white area. You know that. Over yep. in, out there in Texas and at the University of El Paso. Um, and it's about an all black starting lineup and everything they faced. And yeah, and the time, the, it was like the time that yep. it's set in, it's probably, you know, because it, it was just, you know, that that era was was very, was very hard. Mm-hmm. I would, I would describe it. And there's one of the teams in there that they face where the basketball team is predominantly white and they have a black player. Mm hmm. And the black player is kind of rude to his own people in some of those scenes. So there's always, there's always that type of person who does something to fit in. Like yeah. for me, when I was in Maine, I didn't need to do any of that to fit in because yeah. I was gonna. I, I felt like off of skill alone. And yeah. Because I'm here to play these sports with you guys, and I'm not gonna act like anything differently. So yeah, it's just, I felt I felt like when you were with us personally, you know, we had we had our fun. You know, and you had your fun. I felt like, you know, if we were, you know, and, and it's something that, you know, some people won't do, you know, um, when they when they know somebody like you being the, the sole um, black kid on our teams uh, for one year. Um, but I felt like, you know, we had we had a relationship on our team to where we could, you know, maybe like crack a joke or something with you and you'd be totally fine with it. Whether or not mm-hmm. some people see that as that that's OK. You know, it's it's the point to where you have to kind of build up the friendship to where you you understand each other. You understand that, you know, maybe some joke isn't intended to to harm or to, you know, make you feel less, you know, but that's it's such a fine line to walk on. And I felt like, you know, we did not I personally, you know, and I think you would you just uh, described it the same way as I don't think, you know, there was no like conditioning of you. You know, you didn't have to, you know, feel a certain way or talk a certain way or even act a certain way because of who you were around. You know, we were, we were chill with you and, you know, nobody cared that you were, that you were of different color that I thought, you know, nobody that like that I can remember, you know, like treated you differently or maybe said something to you differently just to make you feel less. And I think that's really important. Um, And I, that's why I think sports are so important because you kind of learn that aspect and there are people out there and I can personally attest to this that won't put up with it even if they're not of the skin color. Like, if you have a teammate who, like, say you're in line for a drill, and, you know, you have somebody who's of color go up and do that drill, and then somebody behind you says something rude about them, you know, because of their skin color or whatnot. I know, personally, I would not have that at all on my team. And I know that there are people who wouldn't do that. And I feel like, you know, sports would um, can teach people to do that. You know, I I have a lot of values, values and morals on how to how to treat people and how to treat people all together, you know, whether it's based on skill or skin color or, you know, like ability to comprehend, you know, there are people who have play sports who have down syndrome. It doesn't matter. You know, exactly. you're all it's you're all on the same team. It's all you're it's all on the same team. It doesn't matter at all. You know, you being the only black kid in a predominantly white area, it didn't matter. It mm-hmm. nobody cared. And it's something that I think is so is so undervalued in sports, especially because when you think when you talk sports with people, especially nobody who's played them, um, they think instantly like NBA, you know, oh, it's all about money or NFL. It's all about money. It's no. You know, if you grew up or you have your kids grow up doing that, then, you know, they're going to learn things that you might not be able to teach them. You know, like, it's a bond. It's a we create an entire brotherhood because we're all focused on one unique goal. And we're all actually no, to nobody cared it. that you were black. Nobody cared. And, and I don't and it should. It doesn't make any sense to me why people would care. It really exactly. doesn't, 
it's just it's absolutely ridiculous um you know chris i i do i really want to i really appreciate this and i'm i'm so happy to have you as my first guest um just because i always have some so many great memories with you at school um and just on sports and it's you know even what i what i love most is that being at the school that i went to with you um you know we were able to kind of build a friendship and then you know even though we haven't talked to each other in two years three years we can just kind of run right back into it you know and it really exactly. it's, it's so it, that's so precious to me um and i i am i'm really sorry to hear about um some of the things that you told me today you know with your family or even just with you personally um because i had no idea um, and it really it does make me sad because um, in these in these, you know, per, in these times that are happening now, you know, I've really felt like um, I never wanted to to be a cop growing up. And I still I'm not even sure if I'd want to do that. I don't really know what I'm doing right now. I'm just working and just living life. But, you know, I almost felt like a call to duty to kind of be like, you know, if I could do that or if I end up doing that, I know I could do it better than that person. You know, I, I, I would know personally to take that to t- like to turn around and be like why the fuck is like why the fuck is your knee right there you know the, you know some people whether or not it's procedure or not you know and i just mm-hmm. feel like there, there are some people who miss that and you know like the, the sports aspect that we've talked about i feel like is so is so great to uh to have and it's just i really do appreciate you coming on the show you know you've been thank you've been, you for having it's, me. it's been so kind to have you and it's um and I, I do feel like it's important for people like you and I to actually be able to talk to each other because, you know, I might feel different about something that I saw in the news and then I might talk to you and you might, you know, sway my opinion. Um, do you know who Steven Crowder is? Uh, faintly. You, you know, like the change my mind meme? Yeah. Yeah, he, he has these segments where he's um, he's like Republican, whatever. I don't really side with any of that stuff. I don't really care. But he has a very interesting, um, interesting segment that he does where he has that change my mind where he'll um, bring up certain controversial topic or controversial topics and he'll give people the chance to change his mind. And he's not stubborn. He, he'll he'll be like, you know, I'm here to listen to you. You know, I'm going to give you what I think right now. And then if you bring up something that, you know, I agree with and that, you know, I might change my mind on. And I feel like it's a situation that people really miss. You know, some people out there, you know, I don't think it's a lot of people just think that, you know, just because you're black, you might be like, hell yeah, burn it down, you know, like, fuck the system, like, screw everybody. It's like, no, that's not how that works. You know, it, you know, talking to people and being able to connect with people is something that is so valued and so, you know, important that some people really miss it. And with the world that we live in nowadays, you almost have to. You have so much ability. You're you're across the country right now, and I'm just chatting to you like we're you know like we're face to face. Exactly. And I've I've kind of gone off on a tangent here, but you know I just I I can't I can't express enough my my thanks for you coming onto the show. It really it helps me personally a lot to uh to really notice and kind of think about things another way. You know. Yeah, most definitely. You know, we've got we've all got a bond. We spend so much time together. You, me, Dylan, Isaac. All of us, we've got a we got a strong bond and a big love for each other and admiration that that's nothing that's ever going to go away. Like most of you guys are probably going to end up at my wedding as some of my groomsmen. So it's yeah, not man. like a, it's not like something that even if we don't talk, I know you guys still got love for me. I know you guys care. I know you guys are always on the lookout. So yeah. being able to do things like this and have conversations and talk about different topics is always something that's going to be a big importance to me. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to keep in touch, Chris. All right, most definitely. All right, all right Boom Team. That was my interview with Chris Dennis. Uh, Chris is a great friend of mine, and uh, I always have a good time talking to him. And it was really really uh, therapeutic for me because I haven't talked to him in a while, and just with all this madness going on um, in the world right now, it's just it was really nice for me to be able to talk to him personally. I hope you guys had a good time watching this, um, and maybe you learned something new, or maybe it allowed you to get a different perspective. I know it, it did for me. Um, I always love talking to people and just kind of getting different viewpoints. And um, for anybody out there that may have maybe misinterpreted me um, or maybe misunderstood me um, when I was asking a question or maybe trying to get Chris to, um, you know, maybe elaborate on another uh, situation or maybe think about something um, from a different uh, point of view to maybe see if he would still feel the same way. Um, I don't want anybody to think that that reflects my personal views. Um, I just wanted to get the best um, conversation I could.
and um, really just try and give you guys um, as much as much as I could when it came to you know just content and just try and get as much out there and really talk about you know because obviously a lot of this podcast is talking about you know the the political uh, side of stuff but you know I tried to keep it um, a little bit more sports based for you guys because um, I know a lot of my listeners like sports but um, you know I just felt like this was really needed and um, I also this is something I want to do where I want to get more guests on um, and just talk with people talk about sports talk about life talk about current events and just really turn it into a just turn it into something like that you know something a little more casual but also keep the sports tied to it you know maybe one episode could be me you know just doing the normal podcast where we're talking about sports um, and nothing else and then you know the next episode could be with me and a friend or me with you know some some guest um, talking about sports and something else so um, I really hope you guys enjoyed the uh, enjoy the podcast I know I certainly did and I hope you guys have a great day and I'll see you guys on the flip side Thank you.